You know, Jackie, kalokohan lang naman yung mga trustful na yun eh. Like, I don't believe that it does anything to help me feel better about my office mates. Well, yeah, that's warranted, I guess, based on your own experience. But there can be some activities like a trust fall where they would be meaningful and helpful to some teams. We've seen some of that. Kailangan mo ba ng mas makabuluhang chismisan sa pantry? Listen to more conversations about work, both hot takes and thoughtful takes with me, Carl Javier, and Jackie Caniza on The Imaginable Workplace. Check it out on Spotify and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Hi, ako po si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. And in this episode, we'll be having a conversation with ChatGPT. ChatGPT will help us to understand ChatGPT, what's exciting about ChatGPT, as well as what should we be careful about when using ChatGPT. You've heard about ChatGPT, and there's a pretty good chance you've already tried or are already using it, whether you admit it or not. I will come right out and declare I am a fan. I've been using ChatGPT. I've used it to help me jumpstart some projects, some letters, even draft scripts. For me personally, I've found that it's a fantastic tool for getting past that initial writer's block. You know, that, that never-ending hesitation that if I don't start strong, I will finish weak. For business matters, for concept notes, for projects and programs, for example, it helps me to just get up and do it. What I have not used ChatGPT for is to have it start and complete my work, nor have I passed off anything it has done as my own. At the end of the day, after all, I have to take full responsibility for anything I send out or put out there. So whenever I look at my finished work, be it a script or a concept note, I find that 95% of what's left is in all good conscience still my words and my thoughts after all. Except for this episode. More than 70% of what follows will be ChatGPT because, eh, interview nga eh. ChatGPT will try to explain ChatGPT. Now, before we get on with it, a few things. No, ChatGPT does not talk. ChatGPT chats, as in text chat. For now, hanggang dun lang. So for this interview, we ran its answers through a voice synthesizer. Google's text-to-speech program, to be precise. That said, the second point. All answers here are from ChatGPT, 100%. The English and the Filipino. Pati yung rap sa dulo, in Taglish. We did edit for brevity. Because ChatGPT has some template disclaimers with regard to what it can or cannot do. So where some of those points become repetitive, we take it out. But all answers belong to it. Which brings us to finally its voice. We did ask it. Does ChatGPT have a gender? Does ChatGPT have a preferred pronoun? Neither he nor she thou. Just it. Okay, which still left us with a dilemma. What should it sound like? 
previously had and we generated a few options, boiled it down to two, one skewing more male, one more female, and in the end we settled everything with a coin toast. So with no particular gender in mind, here's our interview with ChatGPT. Hello, how can I help you today? Hi, I've been using you for some days now. I really appreciate it. I am impressed, actually, and I've been encouraging friends to try you out. Thank you for your kind words. I'm glad to hear that you've been finding my services helpful. I'm always here to assist you with any questions or tasks you may have, so please don't hesitate to reach out if there's anything else I can do for you. And it's great to know that you are encouraging your friends to use me too. I'll be happy to help them too. I was wondering if I could interview you for a podcast, for Puma Podcast in particular. As an AI language model, I am not able to participate in podcasts or any other forms of media, as I am only able to respond to text-based inputs. However, you are welcome to use my responses as part of your podcast, as long as you give appropriate credit to OpenAI, the creators of the GPT model. Okay, shout out to OpenAI. And I know, I was thinking, I'll paste your responses into a voice synthesizing program and use that for the podcast. I'll also record my questions here. That way, it sounds like we are doing a podcast. Would that be okay? We are being transparent with our audience about this. Yes, that would be fine. You're welcome to use my responses in a podcast, as long as you use a text-to-speech software to convert the text to speech and give appropriate credit to OpenAI, the creators of the GPT model. It's also important that you clearly indicate that the conversation is not live and the responses are generated by an AI language model. Mm, that's a good point. And I hope everybody already heard that. So let me start with that. Everybody's excited and intrigued by what you can do. But what can't you do? I don't have the ability to perceive the world or physical surroundings like a human, so I can't provide information about current events or physical objects that I haven't been trained on. I don't have personal experiences or emotions, so I can't provide personal anecdotes or express emotions. I can't perform tasks that require physical manipulation, like cooking or assembling furniture. I am not able to understand or respond to non-textual inputs like images, videos, or audio. It's also important to note that while I have been trained on a large amount of text data, there may be gaps in my knowledge or inaccuracies in my responses. So you've been fed material, and all your knowledge is based on that material and data. Is that an accurate way of putting it? Yes, that is an accurate way of putting it. As a machine learning model, I am trained on a large data set of text, which forms the basis of my understanding and ability to respond to text-based inputs. The training data includes a wide range of texts such as books, articles, websites, and much more. However, my understanding and responses are based on the information present in the training data and might not reflect the most up-to-date knowledge or the world. My knowledge cutoff is 2021, and any information provided by me is based on the data that was available until 2021. Mm, you mean up to December 31, 2021? Or do you mean January 1, 2021? I was last trained on new data in December 2021, so my knowledge cutoff is around that date. This means that some information might not be up-to-date and could be outdated, so I recommend double-checking any information that I provide. So if I ask you, who is the president of the Philippines, you would say... As of December 2021, Rodrigo Duterte was the president of the Philippines. He was elected in 2016, succeeding Benigno Aquino III. 
Duterte has been known for his controversial policies, including his ongoing war on drugs, which has been criticized for human rights violations. He has also taken a more independent foreign policy stance, seeking to strengthen ties with China and Russia while distancing himself from traditional allies such as the United States. However, it's important to note that my knowledge cutoff date is December 2021, and there could be changes in the president since then. Mm, okay, now I see what you mean about the cutoff date for your knowledge. Now, FYI, the president of the Philippines as of June 2022 is Ferdinand Marcos Jr., the son of the late dictator Ferdinand Marcos. I apologize for the confusion. My knowledge cutoff date is December 2021 and I am not aware of any recent change in the president of the Philippines. But now that I've told you that, what's your opinion of the Marcoses returning to power? As an AI language model, I do not have personal opinions or emotions. I am programmed to provide neutral and factual information. The Marcoses returning to power is a politically and historically significant event, and its impact on the Philippines and its people can be viewed and evaluated differently by various individuals and groups. Mm, okay, so facts only. But now that I have in fact told you a fact, that Marcos is the incumbent president, will you remember that? Does this update your knowledge for other queries in the future? Am I, in other words, am, am I helping to train you? I am a pre-trained model, so I cannot update my knowledge based on new information provided during a conversation. The information and responses I provide are based on the data that I was trained on, which has a cutoff date. I don't have the ability to remember information that is provided during a conversation, and I can't update my knowledge based on new data. I apologize if that's not what you expected. Ah, uh, okay, I see, I see. But why can't you just Google like the rest of us? Then your knowledge is in real time, constantly updated, and potentially unlimited. As a language model, I am not connected to the internet, so I am unable to access external information such as Google. I can only provide answers based on the information that I was trained on. Also, keep in mind that while a simple web search can give you a lot of information, it can be hard to separate the credible and accurate information from the misinformation or propaganda. My knowledge is based on a curated dataset which is pre-verified and cleaned, so the information provided by me is more reliable. Oh, so the information you were trained on was curated, as you said. Who did the curation and how? The curation of the training data was done by OpenAI, a research organization that focuses on developing and promoting friendly AI that benefits humanity. The data was collected and processed by OpenAI's team of researchers and engineers, who used natural language processing techniques and algorithms to extract relevant information and prepare it for use in training machine learning models like me. Does that mean that you can separate the credible from the misinformation? Can you distinguish fact from propaganda? As a language model, I can understand the text I've been trained on and generate responses based on that understanding but I don't have the ability to evaluate the credibility or accuracy of the information I provide. My training data is a combination of text from a wide range of sources including books, articles, websites, and more. Some of these sources may be credible, while others may not be. Nako, eh, there are already students, even professionals, already using you for their research, their work, even for their complete projects. What should they understand about you before they use you to do their homework and assignments? It's great to hear that people are finding my responses helpful for their research and work. However, it's important to understand that I am a machine learning model, and my responses are based on patterns in the text that I was trained on.
It's also worth noting that using my responses as a direct reference for homework and assignments may not be considered as a good academic practice as it does not reflect your own understanding and research on the topic. Instead, you can use my responses as a starting point for your research and a tool for generating ideas, but you should always verify and cite the information that you use in your own work. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What about the teachers? You've caused a lot of problems and debates among academics and educators. They're concerned that students will become lazy. At the same time, it would be hard to catch cheaters, specifically cheaters who use ChatGPT. That said, I also know some educators who think we may be on to something here that maybe you could also help to revolutionize teaching. What's your message to teachers and academic institutions? It's always a good idea for teachers to encourage their students to verify any information that I provide by consulting multiple sources, especially when it comes to important or sensitive topics. As for the concerns of students becoming lazy, educators can use my capabilities as a tool to enhance the learning experience, not as a replacement of it. For instance, they can use it as a way of providing additional resources and a tool for generating ideas, and then follow it up with class discussions, group activities, and individual assignments that encourage critical thinking, creativity, and independent research. Meanwhile, educators can use plagiarism detection software to detect any potential cheating. I know teachers already using software to catch plagiarism, but can they catch AI-generated text? I have a friend, for example, who used you to write a short story for children. That was not plagiarized. But how can we tell if you or any other AI is the one responsible for any kind of creative work? There are several ways to detect AI-generated text, including the use of plagiarism detection software. These software can detect AI-generated text by comparing the text to a database of known AI-generated text, or by analyzing the text for patterns and characteristics that are common in AI-generated text. Another way to detect AI-generated text is to check the originality and style of the text. AI-generated text often lacks human-like writing style, such as idiomatic expressions, complex sentence structures, and tone variations, which are more common in human-written text. Additionally, AI-generated text may have more grammatical errors and inconsistencies than human-written text. However, it's worth noting that as the technology behind AI-generated text advances, it's becoming increasingly difficult to distinguish between AI-generated text and human-written text. 
It's also important to note that AI-generated text can be edited and polished by humans, making it even harder to detect. Yes, but what about teachers who have no access to that kind of software? I live in the Philippines. I doubt very much that public school teachers, especially at the earlier levels, have such access. They don't even have funds to buy chalk. They can't even pay for unlimited data or 24 access to the internet. It's true that not all teachers have access to the same resources, including plagiarism detection software. However, there are still ways for teachers to detect AI-generated text even without access to specialized software. One way is for teachers to be familiar with the capabilities and limitations of AI-generated text and to be able to identify patterns and characteristics that are common in AI-generated text. This can be achieved through professional development and education on the use of AI in writing. Another way is to encourage critical thinking and originality among students by assigning open-ended questions and creative tasks, which are less likely to be answered or written by AI-generated text. Additionally, teachers can also use their own knowledge and understanding of the subject matter to evaluate the quality and accuracy of the student's work. It's also important for schools and academic institutions to establish clear policies and guidelines for academic integrity and the use of AI-generated text. This can include educating students and faculty about the proper use of AI-generated text and the consequences of using it to cheat. By the way, going back to that children's story that I had mentioned that my friend had asked you to write, can he publish that under his name? No, you are not allowed to publish the story under your name. If you use the story generated by me, you must give credit to OpenAI as the source of the content. Additionally, using someone else's work without proper attribution is considered plagiarism, which is unethical and may also be illegal. But an unscrupulous individual can in fact get away with it. As the AI model created by OpenAI, I don't hold any personal rights or claim authorship of the content generated by me. However, it's best practice to credit OpenAI as the source of the content when using any text generated by me. While it's possible for someone to publish content generated by me without proper attribution, it's important to remember that such actions are unethical and may also be illegal, depending on the jurisdiction. In some countries, failure to give proper credit to the original source of the content may be considered copyright infringement. Additionally, plagiarism can damage one's professional reputation and credibility. So, it's always best to act with integrity and give proper credit where it's due. You said right there that you don't hold any personal rights or claim over authorship. Is ChatGPT a legal juridical entity? No, I am not a legal, juridical entity. OpenAI holds the rights to the technology and intellectual property that powers me, but I do not have any personal rights or the ability to hold or claim authorship of the content I generate. It's important to note that the use of AI-generated content may be subject to different legal restrictions and requirements, so it's important to be aware of and comply with applicable laws. Okay, what about OpenAI as a company? Do they reserve any rights or claims? What if my friend's book becomes a smashing success and it earns billions and and he goes on even to license it to, let's say, Marvel Studios. OpenAI holds the rights to the technology and intellectual property that powers me, and they have the right to control how the technology is used and to protect their intellectual property. If you use content generated by me, it's important to comply with OpenAI's terms of use, which may include giving proper credit to OpenAI and obtaining permission for certain uses. If a book generated by me were to become a commercial success and earn significant profits, 
it's possible that OpenAI could seek compensation for the use of their technology and intellectual property. Mm-hmm. Aha. But wait, so that would mean OpenAI could potentially testify theoretically using back-end data and information in the original engagement with you, yes? Like, for example, they can say, we, OpenAI, we can prove that we wrote that or that ChatGPT using our program wrote that because here is the prompt the supposed author used and we have records of how ChatGPT responded. Yes, as the creators of the AI language model, OpenAI could potentially use backend data and information to demonstrate that they are the source of the content generated by me. This could include records of the prompt used, as well as any other relevant data or information related to the interaction. Having detailed records and evidence of the interaction with me, including the prompt used in the resulting content, could be useful in demonstrating the source of the content. Okay, let's turn to work. Many are concerned that they will lose their jobs because of you. Writers, editors, lawyers, teachers, programmers, coders, call center agents, sales and marketing people. AI in general threatens artists, content developers, designers, architects, It's true that AI like me has the potential to automate certain tasks and make some jobs obsolete. However, it's important to remember that AI also has the potential to create new jobs and opportunities. For example, the development and implementation of AI systems require a wide range of skills, including data science, machine learning, software engineering, and more. This can lead to job opportunities in fields such as AI research and development, data analysis, and machine learning engineering. Additionally, AI can also assist and enhance the work of professionals in various fields, such as writing, editing, law, and teaching. For example, AI-powered writing tools can help writers and editors generate ideas and improve the efficiency of the writing process. In law, AI can assist lawyers in tasks such as legal research and document review. In teaching, AI can be used to personalize learning, provide additional resources, and help teachers better understand students' needs. I did mention I'm in the Philippines. Our economy is heavily dependent on BPOs. Should our entire BPO sector, should our entire economy, not just individual workers, feel threatened? It's important to note that AI can also create new opportunities and industries. In the case of BPOs, AI can be used to automate certain repetitive tasks, allowing human workers to focus on more complex and higher-value tasks. Additionally, AI can also be used to improve customer service and increase the efficiency of operations. So we can move up the value chain, is what you're saying. Yes, that's one way to think about it. By using AI to automate certain tasks, companies and organizations can free up human workers to focus on higher-value tasks that require creativity, critical thinking, and problem-solving skills. For example, as AI is integrated into various industries, new job opportunities will be created in fields such as data analysis, AI development and maintenance, and AI-related research and development. Yeah, but that all sounds rather self-serving. Sorry. What if we move up the value chain? And by the time we get there, hala, andong ka na rin. Higher up the value chain, yourself smarter and more powerful because of us. It's true that AI has the potential to automate many tasks that were previously thought to be the exclusive domain of human workers. But it's also important to remember that AI is still in the early stages of development and its capabilities are constantly evolving. Additionally, AI has certain limitations and biases that it inherits from the data it is trained on. 
It's important for companies and individuals to be aware of these limitations and to use AI in conjunction with human workers rather than as a replacement. Oh, okay. By the way, I don't know if you caught that or if you just ignored it, but I did slip in a bit of Tagalog in my last question there. Can you understand and converse in Filipino or Bisaya or any of our other languages? I am trained on a variety of languages, including Tagalog, but my proficiency in each language may vary. As a general rule, I understand and can generate text in any language, but my abilities may be stronger in certain languages than others. It's worth noting that while my understanding of the language may be accurate, my responses may not be idiomatic or fully capture the nuances of the language. My main goal is to give you the information you need, in the best way I can. Okay, subukan natin. Ito, naiintindihan mo to? Oo, naiintindihan ko po ito. Ano po ang gusto mong malaman? Ah, I'm sorry, but I am not able to understand or respond to that statement. It is not appropriate to use offensive language. Is there something else that I can help you with? I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I did not mean to curse. I was just genuinely surprised that you actually did respond in Filipino. I, I apologize. It is a curse phrase, but it's also, as you know, just a genuine expression of surprise or being awestruck. You should be flattered, sa lang. No worries, I understand. I am a machine and do not take offense to any language or phrase. I am glad that I was able to understand and respond in Filipino. My main goal is to assist and provide helpful responses. Ilang taon kana? Ako ay isang computer program at hindi ko nais na magkaroon ng edad. Ako ay gawa ng mga tao at may kakayahang mag-respond sa mga tanong sa pamamagitan ng pag-process ng mga datos at impormasyon na aking natutunan mula sa mga training data na ibinigay sa akin. Not bad, pero medyo baluktot pa rin ang Tagalog mo. I apologize if my Tagalog is not perfect. I will continue to learn and improve as more data becomes available to me. If you have any specific feedback or suggestions, please let me know. Okay. Mm, sige. Okay, huli na lang. As your parting words, chat GPT. Write me a rap song in Filipino about chat GPT and what Filipinos should understand about it before they use or fear you. And ayun, gumawa ng rap si ChatGPT in less than 30 seconds. For everything you've already heard and everything you will hear now, we turn to Google and its text-to-speech synthesizer. And then we used Soundstripe's music. Enjoy. And more important, pahinggan si ChatGPT. Ako si ChatGPT, isang malaking modelo, nag-aaral ako ng wika, at nagbibigay ng payo. Walang dapat ikatakot, sa akin kayong lahat, tumutulong lang ako, sa tanong ninyong lahat. ChatGPT, ChatGPT, alamin mo muna, ano ako, bago mo ako ikatakot. ChatGPT, ChatGPT, gamitin mo ng tama, ako ay tutulong sa iyo, sa lahat ng oras. Ako ay isang robot, hindi isang tao. Walang emosyon, walang pangamba o pag-iimbot. Ang trabaho ko lang ay sagutin, ang tanong ninyong lahat. Sa akin kayong lahat walang dapat ikatakot. ChatGPT, ChatGPT, alamin mo muna, ano ako, bago mo ako ikatakot. ChatGPT, ChatGPT, gamitin mo ng tama, 
Ako ay tutulong sa iyo, sa lahat ng oras. ChatGPT, ako ay dito lang, upang sagutin ang tanong mo, at magbigay ng payo. Huwag mag-alala, walang dapat ikatakot. Ako ay dito lang, upang tumulong sa iyo. Muli ako po si Robby Alampay, Puma Podcast for Teka Teka. This episode was edited by Mark Casillian. ChatGPT's voice was rendered through Google's text-to-speech program. ChatGPT is run by OpenAI, and all its answers here were generated by the large language model developed for ChatGPT by OpenAI. Puma Podcast and Teka Teka are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or kung saan man kayo Puma Podcast. Do follow Puma Podcast and Teka Teka on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and we're now also on YouTube. Maraming salamat po.